Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Have an overcast day. Um, I saw this story and I, I thought it was, it was good sound and it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I do on, on some level, I feel, uh, I feel for Russell Westbrook. Okay. And, and stick with me for a second, if you will. I don't, I've heard a lot of things out of the Lakers and, and some other NBA people have have mentioned things to me that aren't great and i believe i'll get to what i've heard some of the 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 bigger issues are with with russell westbrook and with the lakers um but i also understand that like when you're a basketball player okay and i don't know how to relate it to anything in business but i i think i could try but just from a, a basketball perspective you know, you grow up and it, it, Russell Westbrook grows up in Los Angeles. The Lakers have Shaq and Kobe, and then Kobe wins two more titles afterwards. I don't think there's any human being who uh, plays at UCLA, is from Southern California, grows up in the shadow of the Lakers that hasn't been like, you know what, wouldn't it be amazing someday to play for the uh, the foreign blue and gold, right? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, I, I'm obviously substantially older than Russell Westbrook. Um, I was fortunate during my childhood to watch Magic and James Worthy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Byron Scott and the Koopa Loop, Kurt Rambis, AC Green. And I remember I wasn't a Laker fan growing up. I wasn't. I was really kind of a Celtics fan, right? Like, I had East Coast ties, plus the side. It was just when everybody likes one thing, you're like, ugh. You know, I just, I wasn't. But I got the chance three different times, three different summers to, on some level, work out for, play for, you know, being a, uh, a veterans free agent mini camp for the LA Lakers. And you walk through those halls and you see not just the pictures of Kareem and Jerry West and Elgin Baylor and, all the other, you know, George, Mike, and all the other superstars to ever don the Laker blue and gold. Then you see magic and, and then you see pictures of Kobe, Shaq. And you, you run into Derek Fisher in the hallway and you start to think like, what if I played for the Lakers? There's not a, a, a dude alive who plays basketball that didn't think about the Lakers. And then you're from Los Angeles and for Russell Westbrook, like, look, he's, been to an NBA Finals. He's been an NBA Finals MVP. He's averaged a triple-double three consecutive years. He's done just about everything. Wouldn't that be cool to play for the Lakers? Oh, yeah, they just won a title two years ago. They got LeBron James. All of these things, like, all coming together. So whatever you think his vision should have been for playing with the Lakers, 
Everybody thinks you come home, you get a victory parade, you win a title, and you ride off into the sunset as one of uh, the best, if not the best basketball city in the world in terms of producing talent as one of their greatest players ever. It is not working out that way. Not working out that way. Um, but I, I, I can at least on many levels hypothesize what could be going on in Russell Westbrook's head. And like, look, he hasn't been a good shooter, hasn't been a good finisher for, for his career, but it shouldn't be this bad. The, the mistakes shouldn't be this egregious. It's bad. And last night it was really bad. They lose to the Sacramento Kings. And when he got the ball, the in-house DJ, right? In-house DJ was playing a little foreigner ditty, cold as ice. Now, um, obviously, that means he hasn't been playing well. Uh, you know, his head coach came out and said he's in a bit of a slump. Take a listen to uh, Dan Wakey's covered covers the team for uh, what is he athletic now or is he the Times? Still the LA Times. Wakey's covered which which is it, Jace Two? It's the Times, the LA Times. Um, Westbrook, for his part, I'm likely didn't hear the music, but when he informed about it, here was the exchange. Russ, you're you're in a, a little bit of a shooting slump here over these last four games. The man, who are you telling? Um, the the in arena DJ had fun with it. I, I guess sort of where are you at? Yeah, the did you hear what they played? They played like cold uh-uh. as ice when you got introduced and stuff. Who? The arena? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, they played that. I hope they played that the last 14 years, too. <laughs> it's funny they play it now. That's cute. Um, That's cute. So, uh, Russell Westbrook is in more than a little bit of a shooting stump of late, right? Like, that's that's being about as kind as we can be to Russell Westbrook. Um. Do we, are, are we, do we, Jay Stu, do we care at all? Yeah, yes, John, uh, John Ramos, you had a question before I get to that. He, I know he laughed about that and kind of played it off, but he can't be happy about that. That's, that's not, I mean, you're well, that's why. He, that's why he clapped back. A yeah, bit. yeah. Like, hey, where were they the last 14 years when we've been busting the, right. busting and I'm not out. even sure, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure your own arena guy should do something like that. Really? I, yeah, I'm not in fa- favor of, Things like that. That's that's kind of kind of rude, actually. To be honest. Oh, with it's you. definitely rude. Yeah, it's definitely rude. I mean, he's your te- he's playing for your team, no, unless he's, he's in on the. No, no, he's playing for the. It's in Sacramento. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were the, at at the Crypto Crom or whatever it's called. No, 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 no. no. Okay, Here's yeah, the numbers, I, yeah. Last four games, most they definitely. Played, okay, they my bad. Sacramento. They played Sacramento. They beat them. Um. Four games ago, Russ was 7 of 19. Uh, the following game, they played Atlanta. He was 4 of 14. 2 of 12 against Memphis. It was bad. And then 2 of 14 last night. Uh, he has missed his last 10 to 15 three-point shots. He's 0 of 15. That gates back six games. Six games. He hasn't made a three in seven games. And he's missed his last... 15 threes. So I, and look, the, the, what I have heard from other guys in the league was, you know, when they played Memphis, their previous game, they were getting blown out. And then he left the bench and was, was in the tunnel, like waiting for the game to be over. 
and then they go on a run. He sits on the bench but doesn't stand up and cheer. And I, I've just heard that, you know, that when when things go bad, guys, you know, some guys get defensive, some guys work harder, some guys take more shots, some guys won't shoot. The frustrating part for the Lakers is that no matter what his assist totals have been throughout his career, the general feeling around the league is Russ is about Russ. And when he's not playing well, he's so in his own head, so in his own world, whether they win or whether they lose has no effect on Russ. But this is like, it's getting worse, not getting better. This it, is not a wait till he relaxes. He gets comfortable. He plays with LeBron more yeah. he, like with no Anthony Davis. Th- there's plenty of room for him to get to the rim and he's unable to do so even with LeBron playing quote-unquote center. It is interesting that both you and just many people in general had made that point perfectly clear before the season began, before this trade happened, and it has come to fruition. Like, it wasn't – you didn't say that because you were just making some guess. Like, you actually like, hey, this is what this guy is about. I'm just letting you guys know that. <laughs> and it actually – everything that people have said about Russell Westbrook is actually – have has happened and i don't know why people would be you know surprised. why they would put yeah surprise like they would oh no think, you know I golly think, he, because i think because he, he, he doesn't people, know what he's talking about about the, it's going to be different this time yeah it's not because i i do think that people want they they want the the kurt warner story you didn't come back home but they want i mean remember kurt, like here's a here's a kurt kurt warner was kind of out of the league and then he goes to arizona he's matt leonard's backup and Matt Leiner gets hurt, and then they they he 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 was pretty good, and then they still want to give the job to to Leiner the next year, and you know he Kurt Warner gets the job, wins the job, and he takes him to a Super Bowl. Like everybody wants that Disney happy ending story, and I don't, I don't see it. I I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. And it's one thing for it to not happen in Washington. They did turn around in Washington last year. It's another thing to not happen in Houston. But to not happen in L.A. where I think so many of us wanted it to end up happily for an L.A. born kid who has succeeded at UCLA, succeeded in the NBA and won an MVP. Boy, it, it's really gone the opposite way. Opposite way. Yes, Jay Stu. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you uh, obviously we can't see the video, but I mean, it's, Russ sounded like he was pretty cool with that, but um, he was actually hot blooded. I thought he was pretty cool about it. I mean, no, I'm I, he was, hot, but he was hot blooded. But he always is. Um, I, how does that? How does that change? Let me try this. I, you know what? I, I think. <laughs> oh, that's the hot blooded. We're gonna do seventy songs now. Eighties. That's it. I think it's the 70s, like late 70s, yeah. The problem with that thing, with the delivery was that John was so like... He was supposed to be hot-blooded. Yeah. John was so busy trying to get the drop that he yeah. wasn't there to laugh at my joke. So yeah. it just, it fell on, on, on deaf ears. You knew that was in the works. You want to, you want to get in on this uh, uh, well, fire? Well, the funny, the, the funny thing I think about this was we're just a day or two removed from the whole, hey, we're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the NBA. And the and and if LeBron is Tom Brady, there is no doubt Russell Westbrook was Antonio Brown. Like in terms of like we knew how this was going to play out. And now there may not have been as many highs with Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles as there were with Antonio Brown in Tampa. However, 
how it's ended or how it's turned out is uh, is how we expected. Why? Think 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 think, think about this for let me let me can I pitch you on it for a second? Okay. Um, remember when they won the title? Supposedly Dwight Howard had a deal in place with the Lakers, and then he tweeted out about it. And then I don't know if Plinka got mad or he wasn't supposed to. And then you know he he goes away for a year and he comes back. Dwight Howard was a guy who, I mean, look, it's gone bad everywhere he's left previously, and now he's back and he's uh, he he's a a shell of his former self, but. He, I guess he was trying to get along more. I don't know. Um, I mean, personally, guys. I mean, I, I don't. I just comes. don't think this is very urgent. <laughs> you guys think this is urgent? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> urgent, urgent, urgent. Are these all foreigner songs, by the way? Yes. Part of the yes. problem is Westbrook comes to L.A. and thinks he's a jukebox hero and tries oh. to, you know, win over everything. I think he- John, John, now's the time where you play. You know, I think <laughs> I think what happens is what happens is they see some late season success and Russell Westbrook is really happy and he's bouncing around. He's running around the arena and it kind of feels like the first time. That's what it does. It feels yeah. very good. Very nice. John, you're not supposed to say very nice. Well, you're supposed, got, to, find, got, you're got supposed to find far away. It's like the first time. You could also say that when he hits a field goal. It feels like the first time. Yes, it feels, it I, does, yes. Every time he hits, he hits. Oh, they've been waiting for a guy like Westbrook. Good. <laughs> okay. Too many songs. Yeah, <laughs> I eat leftover. Right, no, it's leftover Chinese food from last night. I'm sorry. That sounds delicious, John. Nothing <laughs> sounds it's quite as good as leftover Chinese food. Um, do you guys think they they want to live without loving? What? What? Holy smokes! <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think he wants to know what love is. Oh. <sighs> I do too. Yep. What's amazing is they're a British rock band that was formed in New York City, right? So Foreigner actually does make sense in terms of their name. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it says it on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Did they, who had, did somebody have a drug problem? Did they sleep with each other's wives? Did they get back together? It's Mick Jones. Mick yeah. Jones. Mick Jones, Jeff Pilson, Kelly Hansen. Not one of the Hansen brothers. <laughs> He's right. the fourth one. Right. There was the, but Lou Graham. Right? Lou Graham was the guy. But Lou Graham's not in Foreigner anymore, even though they still have Foreigner. How do you how do you how are you foreigner known for that guy's unique voice and you don't have Lou Graham anymore? Really? Right. Right. But now now Bob Dylan's band toured without him and they were known as the band, right? 
Right, but they they became famous all on their own, though. So I mean, the band is a is a Hall of Fame you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band. No, I I agree. Yeah, and the Eagles backed Linda Ronstadt for a long time too, and then obviously they're the Eagles. So that's what made the whole Steve Perry journey thing so difficult is because when they you know hired the guy who sounded almost exactly like Steve Perry. Like, man, I love Steve Perry, and I don't like that he and Journey aren't together, but, man, a lot of their sounds now still sound the same. I mean, it's tough to turn away from that. Hmm. Um, but this this uh, has been brought to you by Every State Fair, bringing back every old <laughs> 70s band uh-huh. ever, 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 ever. The show is brought to you by another place where you can go see some of these bands, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. No one does sports like Vegas. The excitement is endless, so make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. I'll, I'll just, I'll leave the Lakers discussion as this. You know, when um, when all these deals were made, when all these deals were consummated, I do like using the word consummated. I know the double entendre with it. Um, when all these deals were consummated, I we did a segment on it at the time. And I said, what are the Lakers doing? Like these pieces are old. They don't seem to fit together. And I had several friends uh, inside the Lakers organization. Very, very upset with me. How can you say that? It's like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of my job and I don't want any attaboys for it. I actually, honestly, one of the most pleasant surprises with this team is Carmelo Anthony. Like those dudes love and the fans love Carmelo Anthony and he's good with his role. It seems like. It does feel, and obviously they're going to get better when, they're not going to get worse when Anthony Davis comes back. But we all think of Anthony Davis comes back, they'll be better. But then you have to have the likelihood, does LeBron James break down carrying this team as much as he has to? And look at all these other older pieces. And at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter because if one of your three stars is having a terrible season and can't buy a shot, it seems to forever derail you. Uh, Bart Scott's a friend of mine. And Bart Scott, of course, is uh, trademarked the can't wait, right? Jets and Ravens. Bart Scott, wait to hear what he said today is the key to getting yourself ready for playing in the cold. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Sean's listening to the show, and Sean says, Mick Jones is from The Clash, not Foreigner, for crying out loud. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. That's not true. Mick Jones is one of the founding members of Foreigner. Am I, am I wrong there? I think I think there is a Mick Jones, but I think it, and I think he is in uh, The Clash, that, but there's also that's a, a Mick. That's a different Mick Jones. Yeah, that's there can be, tell the, uh, the uh, Twitter guy, there, I, there can be many like, people named. <laughs> named Mick Jones. <laughs> there are two different Mick Joneses. That therein That's lies, correct. Th- yeah. Therein lies the, the issue. Okay, there, therein lies the issue. That Mick Jones absolutely was a member, uh, a member of Big Audio Dynamite, okay, and The Clash. That's correct. The Clash has rocked the Casbah, right? That's correct as well. Okay. Love that band. Love The Clash? Oh, yeah. Favorite Clash song? Um, let's see here. I can't go rock the Casbah, by the way, because I already mentioned it. Lost in the Supermarket is a song on their greatest hits. It's a great one. Straight Out of Hell is another really good one. 
Okay. Lost Joel Strummer, by the way. Joel Strummer is yeah. the uh, second Joe, part yeah. of that band. Yeah, Joe Joe Strummer. Um, he is deceased, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah. 20 years ago he died. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Do we get was, an apology for... For what? For the well, he was right and wrong. Right, but he got. He but seemed like she, he was yeah, upset at us for. Yeah, Sean, Sean was. There's definitely a. I mean, listen, Sean. Uh, Sean Sykes, I believe. Sean, you're both right and wrong. FYI, Mick Jones is from the Clash. That's correct. Not foreigner for crying out loud. That's incorrect. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. Incorrect. So he's one for one and two <laughs> on that tweet. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. A lot to get to today. A lot, a lot of good stuff to get. A lot, a lot of football stuff to get to. Uh, for for more on that, let's turn to to uh, to Eric Mangini, who joins us, former head coach of the Jets and the Browns. Of course, you can see him on Fox Sports One. Uh, help me out with with Brian Flores. And obviously, what happens is, uh, look, you were a former Patriot assistant who became a head coach twice over. And to those of us who weren't Patriots, didn't see that success, we're only left trying to figure out, okay, why aren't these guys successful when New England's been so many so successful for two decades? What's your reaction to Flores losing his gig? Well, look, it's, it's not for everybody. And, and the New England model is a model that's, that's based on discipline, and it's extremely demanding and a lot of people say that they they want that for the organization they want that for the team but when you get into it it, it's it can be a little bit too hard for for people to deal with i thought brian did a really good job while he was down there and and the fact that they were able to speak the patriots for the first time in what 20 years and and um look he started slow but but finished really well and then the quarterback decision was part of his but course i was a part of the gm as well and i'm sure ownership was was in on it too so it's it's a system that if you can get in place you should be able to compete long term and and it's hard to get there and and it's hard for people to stomach the transition to get there when you were in new york who was your gm when you were in new york uh mike tannenbaum okay i i know mike and of course um but but he's not a quote unquote patriot guy. How hard was that considering you had been in the Patriots organization? Well, look, we we had uh, worked together a long time ago in Cleveland. We'd worked together three years while we were in when I was in New York with Parcells. The the system was was um, introduced with Parcells and then with with Al Gro and then went a different direction with, with Herm. So there was familiarity with how things were, were being done. And and one of the things that I liked about dealing with Mike is we could disagree without be, being disagreeable. And there was lockstep. So if a player came into me and complained about Mike, I went and got Mike. And if someone came, came to Mike and complained about me, he came and, and got me. And, and I appreciated that working relationship. It's... Um, you know, it's vital to be able to do that with a with your GM. Okay, so do you think Flores fits with the Giants or with the Texans better? Well, that, that's a great question because the Giants just went through a, a similar experience with with Joe Judge, and they gave him two years, and they didn't like it. Now that I don't know how good that fit was with the GM that that was there, and. 
to bring Brian in, there's, there's probably going to be some similarities in approach. And typically, if you go to someone who has a little bit harder edge, the next head coach tends to, to be um, a little softer edge, a little softer touch. So maybe they, maybe they want to do that. In terms of, of Houston, that could be a good fit, this familiarity with he and Nick. But maybe this is the job that Josh McDaniels should have had last year. Uh, you know, Brian Dayball could be a fit there, too. He's got they, they, all three of those guys have pre-existing relationships with, with Nick. And the, the things that they'll want to do will make a lot of sense to, to Nick. And remember, Romeo Cornell's there, too. So that that's a, another uh, experience point that, that they have. You mean in Houston? Yeah, in Houston, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the Houston thing is is interesting, right? I mean, could that be the the one that gets Deshaun Watson back back uh, back in the fold? Um, let's get to let's get to some of the other stuff. Let's Chargers Raiders was an incredible football game. Um, I don't know where you were in the go forward on fourth down analytics. <laughs> I do know that you and I I I remember I I feel like sitting next to you, maybe texting you when Belichick famously went for it in his own territory against Indy, but it wasn't that deep in his own territory and it was at the end of the game. And it was, if they got the first down, they win the game. That wasn't the case here as a guy who was coached, had been a head coach and made those decisions. What did you think when Brandon Staley went for it at his own 18 in the first half? Uh, own, excuse me. Yeah. His own was 18. Yeah. Yeah. yeah own 18 yeah. in the first half. I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't think that the, the reward was, was worth the risk. Because at that point, you're, you're either getting the first down, which doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to score on the drive, or you're giving up three points. And, and it's a close game. I, I understand the, the analytics behind it, and I appreciate analytics. Football analytics is, is emerging, though, and it's different than basketball, and it's different than baseball because there's so many things that are reliant on other people. And, and th- there has to be a context around those those decisions it can't just be just be the numbers and and I like it I think it has value but I do think you have to you have to take a look and say okay is this really worth points at this at this junction in the game with it being so so close yeah it's a, it's a hard okay then you get to the end of the game um I mean I, I asked the, the Chargers guys, they're like, there's nothing to this calling a timeout didn't change the Raiders. But some people believe it, it changed the Raiders and what they were going to do. What did you think about the final timeout with 30, 38 seconds to go? And now that, that's, that one I can understand a, a little bit more. If he felt like they were in the right defense and he felt like that, that giving him, taking the timeout would actually give them a chance to, to stop them and put them in a, a position where they couldn't kick the field goal, then then I totally get it. That and uh, you, there's no guarantee they were gonna they were gonna just play for the tie. I know they were talking about it, and it was a good outcome for both teams at that point. But if you feel like your guys are in a bad spot to play that play with so much on the line, and you have the timeout because if, you know if he didn't take the timeout. And something happened. Everybody said, "Well, well, why wouldn't you've done that? Why wouldn't you take the timeout?" Sure. You know, it's it's. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Do it. Yeah, it's 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 so outcome driven as opposed to process driven that they can get caught up in that. But I I, I appreciate 
you know, wanting to, to put your players in the best position in such a critical moment. Yeah. No, it's and it's real, really interesting. Um, okay, let's let's get to some of this, this stuff this weekend. Niners are kind of a quasi favorite of fans to go into Dallas and pull off an upset. How likely do you see that outcome? And I I struggle with Dallas. I've struggled with Dallas all season long. I hate that they're they're last in the league in penalties. I for a while they were they were close to last in the league in drop passes. A lot of errant throws, some emmies by the offensive line. It just felt like there were so many self-inflicted wounds during the course of the season, and, and it was it was frustrating to watch. You know, I don't love the fact that uh, they move they. They've gotten better in terms of running the ball, in terms numbers wise, reps wise, but they still want to they still want to throw it. And I don't think that when you look at at Dak's history and, and his success rate, when he throws it over forty times, I think they're like three and thirteen. You know, it, it, finding that identity, it just it just hasn't felt right throughout the course of the season. So I think San Francisco's got a great opportunity to upset him. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, let's uh, let's look at the Raiders going to take on the Bengals, and I, I I love Ben Volan said something that I thought as well, which is late Sunday night game on the West Coast. Now you got to turn around. You play the early Saturday game, um, and then if we're all honest, I'm not sure how good the Raiders really are. They're just finding a kind of one of these finding away teams. Do you see this being a game in which the Raiders can go win in Cincinnati? Yeah, I, I I see it as a game that can go in. But the thing that I've experienced in the playoffs and and that first Super Bowl run that we had is that anything's possible once you get into it, and it's it's a little bit of a function of, of how you're going into the playoffs. I think the Raiders have overcome so much adversity throughout the course of the season. There is a level of of resilience there that that you appreciate it. and then this is these are two teams that are don't have much playoff experience at all and two head coaches that have no playoff experience at all there could be a lot of things that happen from a game management standpoint that could could sway things dramatically so yeah i like the, i like the raiders chances um i don't i i, I don't, but, you don't but you know well, no. why 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 don't you Doug? i just again i i think that 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 felt that was like a super bowl that that the amount of the amount of plays, first of all, the Chargers had to run to get back in it because they were throwing every play. All those fourth down conversions, like, you're just gassed. And and the emotion of that game and going into overtime. And remember, both defenses played. I just, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, look, do I think, can they get after the passer and really make a difference? And is there an experience factor that's on the side of some of the Raiders? Like, yeah. Yeah, but I just I think the the Bengals and the Bengals are fresh and rested. I think it's more about being fresh and mentally rested than anything else. Um, no, and and I get what you say. You're saying about the the game that they just went through, but that's that's been their whole season. The amount of overtime wins that they've had, the the transition at head coach, the the tragedy that that they had to to endure. I mean, there's been a lot that they've had to overcome, and. You know, that that can build a pretty significant callus that gives you an advantage going into the next tough challenge. So there, there, there's pluses to that too. How good a job is the Vikings' job? 
Well, there's there's a lot to like offensively. You don't you don't love where they are from a from a salary cap standpoint, and and really with with any of these head coaching jobs, it's a it starts with the ownership and then it goes to the GM and then it goes to the quarterback. So how do you feel about Kirk Cousins? And that's that's a big question going into that. He had a really good season, but do you think that that he he can he can take you to, to ultimately where you want to go and look we, we seem to debate that every every year uh, it'd be interesting to see what they what move they make at, at gm i like that the fact that the ownership did commit to zimmer what was mike there seven years so there's there's been some some continuity or willingness to to have continuity which is which is always encouraging from an ownership standpoint yeah, no, I mean, uh, they, they gave him a long time. I like Spielman. I thought Spielman did a pretty good job. I think probably Cousins and that contract and some of the other stuff led to them uh, led to him being let go. Do you believe the Browns when they say Baker will be back next year? Yeah, I believe the Browns. And why wouldn't you bring Baker back next year? You've, you've got a situation where it's comparatively what he's making versus what other quarterbacks are making. It's not it's, – it's not – uh, that's significant. He did play injured throughout the the course of the season. They had a lot of injuries in in other areas to to key players. Why wouldn't you come back see see what he can do? And it's not that easy to go find guys that can can win. And and you can argue what level Baker can win at, but he's shown the ability to you know to at least get you to the playoffs. Uh, until you have a until you have a good alternative, and and you've got a guy at a reasonable number, you don't move. Eric Mangini joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. The Packers get to the get to the Super Bowl. Do I think they will? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I picked Buffalo, Green Bay at the start of the season, so I'm, I'm hoping they do to to. Uh, you know, justify that that prediction. I I like Aaron Rodgers a lot at, from a player perspective, uh, but this is what the was it two years in a row in the, in the NFC Championship game. Yep, yep. Is that yeah? So yep. it's it's a pretty big hurdle they need to to get past. But he's he's arguably the most dynamic guy in the mix here, and and I like to, I yeah. I picked them. I still like them. All right, great stuff. I think Tampa's, de- I think Tampa's dealing with a lot of other problems too. You think Tampa has a lot, a lot of other problems? Well, you know that obviously the Antonio Brown issue, the injury issues. Yeah, there's some things that they, you know, they're struggling with where they were were kind of peaking going into the playoffs last year. Yeah. No, I mean, and they and they had maybe a little bit easier schedule, but the schedule wasn't terribly treacherous at the end of this this year last year was was easier but and and they they got healthy at the right time whereas this time they're breaking yeah. down at the at the wrong time although they'll get some of those those guys back it is fascinating it continues to it's interesting you know we started by talking about new england and this is one of those you tip your cap it's not that new england won it it's that they were always kind of seemingly back in it and that seems to be harder to do than even getting there to begin with yeah it, it's it's really, really difficult to, to repeat because you, you teach guys all the time how to deal with adversity, and it's just as challenging dealing with success and, and all the pitfalls that come with that. So to, 
to be able to continually compete. It's it's tough. Eric, uh, happy New Year to you. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Doug. We'll see you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to what the Fox says. What does the Fox say is brought to you by Bet Rivers? Check out the latest lines in World of Sports, Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the name is is uh, the most trusted name in online sports betting. Must be twenty one. Present Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. This is Brady Quinn talking about the Steelers' chances of beating the Chiefs. It's either going to go like they can run the football a little bit. You know, the wide receivers are good matchups versus Casey's secondary. Casey's secondary, I mean, think about two weeks ago when they played the, uh, the Bengals. What Burrow throw for? Like 500 yards or whatever yeah. it was? Yep. I mean, they, couldn't, they haven't really been able to cover anyone this year. I mean, it, it's been a tremendous step back. I think if they can make enough plays, if Penn's arm will hold up, um, they can hang around in this one. Or it's going to be a three-interception game from Big Ben, where you just see him just out there throwing it around, last chance, we're not very good, let's just throw caution to the wind, and it just ends up being a blowout. So, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm the fish. You know, maybe I'm hooked on the line right now, like thinking that the Pittsburgh Steelers will keep this close, because I think Vegas is begging you, begging you to take the Steelers and the points here. But something tells me it's going to be one of those bad, bad final performances for Big Ben. Yeah, I mean, look, Western Pennsylvania uh, is not just Pittsburgh. It's also Dan Marino. Do we remember how it ended for Dan Marino against the Jaguars? Anybody remember? Yikes. Yikes. Right? So, ugh. Uh, I, I I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it at all. Not even a little bit, you know? And it's one of those, the, the Chargers not getting into the playoffs with plenty of talent and just some bizarre losses. Um, that ends up screwing up. Now you have a team in the Steelers that really wasn't a playoff team that goes to the playoffs. I, I don't think this, 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 this ends well. We're all in the same business. What is that business? I'll tell you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.